First Kings chapter 18 tonight, First Kings chapter 18, wonderful, wonderful music. Uh, there's just no church like the Emmanuel Baptist Church. There just really is not. Uh, I know there's a lot of great churches, good churches, uh, but there's just, I wouldn't trade our church for eight other churches. I mean, I just, I love our church, uh, everything about it, uh, the music, uh, what God has allowed us to see, uh, to see today, and all the work that goes into, don't take for granted what you have. Uh, don't take for granted uh, your salvation. Uh, I'm, I'm still excited about being saved. I'm excited about uh, being on my way to heaven, uh, the opportunity to serve the Lord, and I'm looking forward to what God does for us tonight, but also uh, in the weeks and the months, the years and the decades ahead. I'm excited about what God is doing. First Kings chapter 18, <clears throat> I, I'm going to bring a message this evening that I think will be a help to us, and I believe it will kind of... Uh, pair very well with the sermon this morning. I, I don't plan, I don't ever plan that per se, but I believe the Lord has just put a, a particular theme uh, together for the day, and I believe He certainly met with us. Uh, but 1 Kings chapter 18, as, as you're probably aware, because I've preached from this passage several times, uh, we have the story, the account of the showdown on Mount Carmel. Uh, we have Elijah uh, versus the prophets of Baal. And inside that story, Inside that account in Scripture is a series of messages. There's some wonderful, wonderful truths. But I want to look inside that story, and I believe there's a truth there uh, tonight that will be a help to us, a truth there tonight that uh, we can grab a hold of and let uh, God continue to work in our life. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm 45 years of age. I know I don't look that old to you. Um, in February, I'll be 46 um, I'm on that side of 40, and uh, I've, the Lord has privileged me in many, many ways. I've been saved uh, since I was a child. The Lord called me to preach when I was six years of age. I've been, uh, I grew up in a pastor's home. I've been in the ministry more than 20 years, pastor now my seventh year. And the Lord, is, the Lord has just been very, very good to me. But I don't want God to ever stop working on me. Uh, I've seen a lot. I've been a part of a lot. I've, I've, I've been through this book many, many times, but I don't, I don't want to ever get to a place where you say, okay, God, I'm, 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 you're done working on me. I want God to always work on me. I want him to work on my heart. I want him to work on my life. I want him to make changes. I want him to do what is necessary in my life. I trust that that's your attitude uh, tonight. And as we look into this familiar story, if you've been in church any length of time, I want us to see a part of it that I, that I know can be a help to us this evening. Let's begin reading in verse number 30 of 1 Kings chapter number 18. And before I read, I'll kind of review the story just a little bit, and which will bring us to verse number 30. Uh, Elijah, the prophet of God, uh, is going to have a showdown versus Ahab, Jezebel, and the prophets of Baal, the false god of Baal. And they assemble, and they've had this agreement that uh, they're going to meet on Mount Carmel. We you know that Elijah asked the people, how long halt ye between two opinions? Either choose Baal as your God or choose God as your God. But let's, not, let's get out of the middle. And so there's going to be a showdown. And first of all, the prophets of Baal, they build their altar and uh, they put their bullock on it. And remember, they had the, the, the same thing. We have our altars, we have our bullock, and we'll kill it and dress it. And, and if, if Baal sends fire down, then he's God. But if Jehovah sends fire down, then he's God. 
In the province of Baal, we know the story. They build their altar. They take their bullock. They dress it. They put it on the altar. And they uh, go about all their carrying on, calling out to Baal. And we know that Elijah mocks them. Maybe he's on a trip or, or maybe he can't hear you. And before long, they begin <clears throat> to get into that frenzy. And, and an emerging church worship service breaks out. And they're, and they're leaping on the altar. And they're cutting themselves. And they're, and they're doing all of these things. And we know that Baal does not answer. Then it comes to Elijah's time. And we begin reading in verse number 30. And Elijah said unto all the people, Come near unto me. And all the people came near unto him. And he repaired the altar of the Lord that was broken down. And Elijah took twelve stones, according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob, unto whom the word of the Lord came, saying, Israel shall be thy name. And with the stones he built an altar in the name of the Lord, and he made a trench about the altar as great as would contain two measures of seed. We're going to find our message from these three verses tonight, and we'll allude to the entire story. But verse number 30, we see, And Elijah said, And all the people come near unto me, and all the people came near unto him. And he repaired the altar of the Lord. We fast forward to the end of this story. Fire falls from heaven. Fire falls from heaven after a simple prayer that God's man prays to God. Fire falls and consumes the sacrifice, consumes the stones, consumes the water that had been poured over the altar, consumes the water that was in the trench around the altar. And all the people said, the Lord, He is the God. The Lord, He is the God. But tonight I want to preach on this subject. Before the fire fell, the altar was repaired. Before the fire fell, the altar was repaired. Let's ask the Lord to help us. Father, we pray that you meet with us in the next few moments. Father, we've already had a wonderful day. How my heart is full. My heart is full of what you've already done today. It's full at the souls that were saved. Uh, the obvious uh, moving of your spirit this morning. My heart is full at the music that we've already heard to think of our salvation, to think of how much you love us. Uh, Father, my heart is full at your love for those that are unworthy as us. But Father, tonight I want you to once again meet with us. Uh, we know that you're ready, you're able. May our hearts be open to what you have for us this evening. May tonight just be another reminder of your goodness, another reminder of your greatness. And Father, may we... Allow the word of God and the spirit of God uh, to work in our hearts tonight. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. The altar that was repaired, we must be reminded what the altar was in the life of the people of God. That altar was a means of sacrifice to God. We know that Old Testament law, of course, is different than the New Testament age. But that altar was uh, a means of, of sacrifice to God. We just took the offering just a few moments ago and uh, we put in our tithes and our offerings and perhaps you put a sacrificial gift, whether it be admissions and you could do something else for yourself. But in this day, this is the means of sacrifice to God. It was also a means of getting God's attention. Uh, somebody wanted to get God's attention, uh, it was, whether it be a sin offering or whether it be uh, an offering of praise and thanksgiving, it was a means to get God's attention. I'll not go into all the different offerings tonight, but that altar was a symbol of sacrifice made to God. It was a symbol of getting God's attention. 
And that altar had a great purpose. The purpose, simply put, was to keep the proper relationship between God and His people. That altar was the means to keep that relationship what it should be. We find in our text that before the fire fell from heaven, and thanks be to God the fire did fall from heaven, Elijah took a very important step. And I'm afraid in the bigness of this story and the significance of this story, sometimes it gets lost in the midst of the story. Can you imagine that great scene on that mountain that day as the 450 prophets of Baal face off with the lone prophet of God? And all the people gathering around to see what would happen. The scene that took place when those prophets of Baal began to call out to Baal and of course, Baal did not answer as a, as a false god, as a dead god. There was no answer from Baal. But now the prophet stands, steps forward, gathers the people around, and before he ever petitions heaven, he takes a very important step. He does something that I'm afraid we miss as God's people many times. Before he called out to God, before the fire fell down, before a sacrifice could be made to God, he repaired the altar that had been broken down. Before that proper relationship could be restored, the altar had to be repaired. Before Elijah saw God answer, he had to take the time to repair the altar of the Lord. And tonight I'll I want to draw our attention before we get to the specific truths. I want to, by way of introduction, draw our attention to this fact and apply it to our life. That before we petition heaven, we should make sure the altars in our life have been repaired. And can I say this before we have the fire fall from heaven? The altars must be repaired. I believe there's altars in the Christian life, and we can apply this several ways tonight. There's some altars that need to be repaired. And this isn't my message, but I think it would be good for us to be reminded. There's the altar of surrender. Many a Christian does not have the right relationship with God because they will not surrender their life. And I'm not just talking about, we say surrender to life. We automatically sometimes, I think, think of the, the one who God wants to send to the mission field who refuses to go. I'm talking about Christians, uh, Christians who live their everyday life unsurrendered to the will of God, unsurrendered to the word of God. Well, that altar needs to be repaired. I believe there's an altar of service. God intends for every child of God to serve him. It, it, it's sad in our day, in, in our churches, our Bible-believing churches, we've gotten this mentality and it permeates our society uh, that everybody else is here to serve us. No friend, as a child of God, we're to serve Him. We're to serve others. That altar needs to be repaired. The, the altar of holiness needs to be repaired. God is still a holy God. He still requires a church to be holy and unspotted from this world. He still expects the pulpit to be holy, but He expects the pew to be holy as well. That altar, I believe, needs to be repaired in many, many cases. And we could go on and on tonight talking about specific altars. And 
Tonight I want to make this application. I don't believe I'll be very long tonight, but I want to make my point and, and make it well tonight that before we can get from God what we desire to get from God, there's some things that need to have attention in our life. I thank God for the example of Elijah. What a mighty prophet. And how he called fire. He stopped, the, he stopped it from raining for three years. When Elijah prayed, God listened. But even Elijah in his boldness. How bold is Elijah in his mocking of the prophets of Baal? How bold is he in mocking that dead God Baal? How, how, how much power must have been in those words? Could you imagine being in that audience, watching that man of God and hearing his words as he prays that simple prayer to God, and then in an instant the fire falls? You'd never forget that. But on the heels of the boldness in mocking the false prophets... Before the petition to heaven, we find Elijah giving attention to detail. For I want and I believe God wants to do great things for the Emmanuel Baptist Church. Before we can talk about the fire falling, we must take the time to address the altar and whether or not it needs to be repaired in our own life. Before we talk about God, Blessing your home as he wants to bless your home. And blessing your marriage as he wants to bless your marriage. And blessing your life as he wants to bless your life. We've got to talk and address the details of what needs to be repaired in the life of a Christian. This evening I want to make several applications with our text tonight. We see number one. We find this truth in... Verse number 30, And Elijah said unto all the people, Come near unto me. And all the people came near unto him. And he repaired the altar of the Lord. That was broken down. I'll say number one, it was a neglected altar, not a new altar. It was a neglected altar, not a new altar. It is a shame to the people of God when God's altar gets broken down. It's broken down because it's neglected. Perhaps tonight you're sitting here in the service and you're to be commended for being in church on a Sunday night, but perhaps you're sitting and you never intended for your relationship to have gotten as cold towards God as it has gotten. You never intended for one day out of the Word of God to end up being years without spending any time in your Bible. You never intended for one time not praying for certain things for weeks to go by before you prayed again outside of the church house. Or maybe there's other applications that we can make there. It has come from neglect. And this is a very important truth for you and I to grasp tonight. It was a neglected altar, not a new altar. There's a lot of Christians when they neglect the altar of God and it breaks down not because the altar is not the right altar... Not because the altar is not God's altar, but because of neglect in their own life, neglect of their own doing, and it breaks down. They say, I haven't heard from God in a long time. Well, friend, it's because you've neglected the altar. Well, God's not blessing like He once did. It's not because God is not able to bless anymore. It's not because the altar is the wrong altar. Maybe, perhaps, just maybe, it's because 
You have neglected the altar. And too many times Christians, when they allow, when we're, we're all capable of getting to this place, we get to this place when the altar is broken down. There's no fire coming from heaven. We need God. And we say, well, I'm not getting what I need. I need to go find a new altar. There's a lot of churches who think the altar's broken down. It's not because a time has passed when God's Bible is not true. It's because of their own neglect. Souls aren't getting saved. Well, whose fault is that? It's not God's fault. It's not our Savior's fault. The blood still speaks on the mercy seat today. Could it be because we've neglected to go out into the highways and the hedges? And to compel them to come in? Could it be because of neglect? Could it be because of neglect of God's, God's children to, to give as they ought to give, to labor as they ought to labor, to pray as they ought to pray, to serve as they ought to pray? And many a church to their own demise has neglected the altar of God. It is broken down, and instead of repairing it, they've looked for a new altar. Well, this will draw a crowd. Well, friend, I remind you, the old altar, there's nothing wrong with it. It's just been neglected. Christian, be careful in your own life. By our own neglect, the altar will get broken down. It'll seem like heaven has been shut up from us. We'll be frustrated in our service or our lack of service for God and We'll come to church and we'll leave and we'll say, I just didn't feel anything in the service. And this morning, if you left without God speaking to your heart, that's 100% on you. Well, God's just not speaking. God may be done. No, you don't need it. And I'll just go down the road to where it seems, no, you don't need a new altar. You need to quit neglecting God's altar. You need to quit neglecting the old altar. What a powerful truth we find. It was a neglected altar, not a new altar. This book still works. Parents, this is better than the child psychologist and ruin your children. Hey, husband and wife, this is better than Dr. Phil. Is he still a thing? I don't know. This, is, this still works. Hey, we've got a large number of, of single adults, and I praise the Lord for that. It kind of shoots that theory of everybody's leaving the church doors when they get to a certain age. But let me help you tonight. This will still bring you the right husband, the right wife. You don't need an app for that. This is still what you can build a life on. This is still what you can find happiness from. This is still what you can find success from. The Word of God still works. You just got to pick it up and you got to read it and you got to apply it. Do you realize that because of our high priest, the Lord Jesus Christ, we have access to the throne room of God? The God who spoke all into existence. 
The God who owns all things. The God who keeps your heart beating tonight. The God who sees and knows all things. The God who at this very moment is in the present with us. But he's already in our future. That God who has prepared a place for those who have the blood of his son applied to their account. That God who has granted love and mercy and forgiveness. That God who knows all and sees all. Because of our high priest, the Lord Jesus Christ. You and I in an instant can access the very throne room of the almighty God. God still answers prayer. So prayer still works, but you've got to pray. The old altar might be neglected, but there's no new altar that'll get you access to the power that the old altar will get you access to. It was a neglected altar, but not a New altar. Number two. We find, and this is a very practical application, but we need to make it. The end of that verse, and he repaired the altar of the Lord that was broken down. The second truth is this. The altar was repaired on purpose. As we continue, if you continue reading, and we did read in verse 31, you find he takes the stones and he repairs the altar. It was a methodical stone by stone. Sometimes we forget that the neglect in our own life and where that altar has gotten broken down, it didn't happen overnight. We'll sit in a service like we were blessed to sit in this morning. We'll sit in a service like tonight. The Holy Spirit of God will speak to our heart. We'll realize the altar of God has been neglected. And we need to give attention and we need to repair it. It's not just going to happen because we think it. It's not just going to happen because we wish it. It's not just going to happen because we agree with the preacher and say amen. Yes, it needs to be repaired. It's going to happen. If it's going to happen in your life, it's going to have to happen because you decide that it's going to happen. If it's going to happen in your marriage, you've got to, to, to do it on purpose. If you're going to build a life and rebuild a relationship with God, you've got to make the effort to do it stone by stone. <clears throat> Often, too many times the number I've counseled with those who have allowed the altar to break down in their life. The neglect is obvious. It's not that they don't love the Lord. They've neglected. When you neglect, that altar is in disrepair. That altar is in disarray. Before you can hear, get fire from heaven, that altar has got to be repaired. As pastor, I can see the destruction. I'm not a dummy. I can see the disrepair of the altar. I'm witness to the fact that it has been neglected. But here they come to a moment of decision. Because it comes to the point, I'm acknowledging it. I realize it. Pastor, fix it. I don't have the power to fix it. And they want it remedied right away because they've gotten to a point where they don't want the consequences anymore of a neglected altar. 
They don't want to deal with the life that comes from a neglected offering. They don't want to go another day with heaven shut up for them and not being able to get a hold of God because of a neglected altar. Pastor, I'm acknowledging and I realize it and I I don't want it anymore and I don't want the consequences anymore. Can you fix it or is this one conversation, can it be fixed and can all of that go away? No. You've got to start with the first stone and you've got to place it where it needs to be. You've got to take the second stone. You've got to place it where it needs to be. The altar in your life can be repaired. But you've got to first pick up the stone and put it where it needs to be. And you've got to have the patience and the willingness to stone by stone rebuild that altar in your life. It's not going to happen because you want it to happen. It's going to happen because you determine for it to happen. The altar was repaired on purpose. We can praise God tonight that when we do let neglect come in our our own walk with Him, our own life, that we always have a God with open arms that can say, come on back. God is eager tonight to speak to you. God is eager tonight to bless you. God is eager tonight to fellowship with you. It's not neglect on God's part, it's neglect on our part. And He's eager. But God's not reaching down here and picking up that stone for you. You've got to do it. There's nobody that can get so far away from God that they can't get back to Him. But the obstacle is when the altar gets in disrepair. Are you willing or are you unwilling to stone at a time, rebuild that altar? That means get back in your Bible tomorrow morning. That means Tuesday morning, you get out of bed, enough time before you go to work to open that book again. Wednesday morning, oh, I'm tired. Okay, stone by stone, let's repair the offering. Maybe you've gotten away from God in your prayer. You're going to have to get up. You're going to have to stay up. You're going to have to let your schedule be interrupted. And stone by stone, prayer by prayer, you're going to have to rebuild that altar. Maybe there's some bad habits you've allowed coming to your life that, is, that has caused that neglect in that altar. You're going to have to be disciplined. You're going to have to a day at a time. Stone by stone. Maybe you've got out of the habit of being in the house of God as you should be in the house of God. Stone by stone. Sunday by Sunday. Wednesday night by Wednesday night. Maybe you're not being a witness and you're not serving as you should should serve. And what you're going to have to do is Saturday after Saturday, Wednesday after Wednesday, you're going to have to rebuild that altar in your own life. Your pastor can't, if I could build it for you, I would, but I can't. You have to determine you're going to rebuild that altar. And this will help all of us who know somebody who needs to rebuild the altar. We can't rebuild it for them. They've got to get to a place in their life. They say, my neglected altar, I've got to rebuild it on purpose. Number three, we look again in verse 31. And Elijah took 12 stones according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob, unto whom the word of the Lord came, saying, Israel shall be thy name. 
Verse 32, and with the stones he built an altar in the name of the Lord, and he made a trench about the altar as great as would contain two measures of seed. Notice in verse 31, the 12 stones and why 12 stones. According to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob, unto whom the word of the Lord came unto Israel shall be thy name. Beginning at verse 32. And with the stones he built an altar in the name of the Lord. Here's the third application tonight. The setting of the stones was a spiritual matter. Twelve stones, twelve tribes. The stones were set with the mindset of pleasing God. The stones were set with God in mind, not Elijah, not the people. This here is a simple application, but one we need to be reminded of. The rebuilding of the altar is a spiritual matter and must be done in a spiritual way. Elijah and all his bravado of, first of all, showing up versus the 450 prophets. His bravado in mocking them when no answer came. But we get to this point before in his boldness, he calls fire down from God. As he repairs the altar, he begins to set the stones. He chose 12 stones. We see and we've been told the symbolism of the 12 tribes of Israel that God had established. And he built that altar not in the name of Elijah. He built that altar in the name of the Lord. And friend, the setting of the stones in your life is a spiritual matter. And we live in a day when spiritual things are not discussed and spiritual things are put on a back burner and spiritual things are not the priority. But friend, if we're going to rebuild a nation for the honor of God, it's got to be built in a spiritual way. You can't legislate it. You can't have enough rallies to, to turn it back. It must be done in a spiritual way. It starts with the people of God. By the way, let me just interject, too many preachers are wanting to put their responsibility and shirk their responsibility of getting on their knees and confessing their sins and God's people turning to Him. And we want to put it on a Republican party. Friend, that's not going to get it back. But he did it in a spiritual manner. You cannot, don't miss this and I'll move on at some point. You cannot rebuild God's altar in a way that will not please God. Too many Christians have, have fooled themselves, lied to themselves, believed the lie of the devil, of thinking, because I want a relationship with God, I don't have to have an altar repaired in a way that would be pleasing to Him. If you're going to rebuild that altar, you can't do it in a way that pleases you. It has to please God. Well, Pastor, I want to get it all together. Be in church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, Sunday school. Well, I don't want to do it that way. Are we talking about God's altar or are we talking about your altar? 
Pastor, I want to get things right in, in, my, in my heart. I want to get things right in my life. My family needs help. Have them in the house of God. Shut the TV off. Open the Word of God. Spend time in the Word of God every day. Don't allow the world to, to rule and reign inside that house of yours. Uh, it established that God is who that we turn to and do Well, I don't want to, I don't want to fight those battles. Well, whose altar are we talking about? It has to be done in a spiritual way. Number four, finally, is just simply this statement. Preparation of an altar precedes the fire of the Lord. After the altar was repaired, we come to verse 36. And it came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice that Elijah the prophet came near and said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and of Israel, let it be known this day that thou art God in Israel, that I am thy servant, and I have done all these things at thy word. Hear me, O Lord, hear me. That this people may know that thou art the Lord God, and that thou hast turned their heart back again. In verse 38, then the fire of the Lord fell. But after the, the altar had been repaired. I don't know a preacher in this world that does not want to see the fire fall. And I've been stuck on this for a while, and I believe it. We need to be stuck on it. There's a lot of preaching about revival, and there's a lot of preaching about how we need God to show himself, and, and certainly true. And, and, oh, we need this and that, but th there's not as much attention to repairing the altar. Until the altars are repaired in our churches, there will never be revival in our nation. Because you can't get past the fact in that book, that the details must be in order that God has established in order for the fire to fall. Friend, don't you think before you have to get on your face and beg God for a miracle, you might want to repair the altar? And I'll just throw this in. Don't neglect it because you don't know when you're going to need it. You don't know when you're going to have to get a hold of God in an instant. But doesn't it just make logical sense before we go to God and say, God, do what you, we know you can do in a miraculous way. Send fire down from heaven. Well, well God, he, he can, in this rubble that's here, if he wants to do it, he can do it. He's capable of doing it, but he's not going to do it. Statement I make often, I'll make it again tonight. God is not going to do what he expects you and I to do. We have some commands in that book. He expects us to do it. And when we do it, he'll send the fire from heaven. As a church, we've seen great things, and I want to see even greater things in the future. But the altar must be as the altar should be. And friend, tonight... Don't you want the best that God has to offer? Listen very carefully to me. Mom and dad, don't you want the best for those children that you rock to sleep every night? 
Don't you want the best for those children as you celebrate their first step and their milestones? Don't you want the blessing of God on your home? Well, what makes you think we can have that? Yes, that God is a good and a gracious God, and none of us deserve salvation. None of us deserve His blessing. But I think our emphasis probably should be, if our altar has been neglected, to repair the altar before we petition God. No, I'll just say it. Maybe, maybe it'll help you. Maybe it won't. But posting a prayer on Facebook, they've never been answered. Oh, it aggravates the fire out of me. People who haven't darkened the door of a church, I'm praying for you. Don't. If I ever get sick and need prayer, don't post it on Facebook. People, don't, they, can't, they can't get a hold of God. Well, how judgmental of you. Well, I've looked at the shamble of the altar. How, 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 how little we think of our God. That was for free tonight. To the single adult tonight, you may have lived 20 years, 25 years, 30 years, but the Lord Terry's just coming. You got a whole lot more life ahead of you. Don't you want God's perfect will? For your life. You've only got one life. God is eager to bless. God is eager for the fire to fall. But with a neglected altar, how are we going to get from heaven what we need from heaven? Church, We've got to be very, very careful not to let our altar get neglected. Collectively. It's my responsibility as your pastor, as the overseer, as the shepherd, to guard against the wolves. To remind us of our responsibility. To preach the whole counsel of the Word of God. It's also your responsibility walk guard of the church by being what we're supposed to be for God. If we neglect the altar, how arrogant to think that we can call fire down from heaven. We haven't even taken the time to make sure our altar is in proper repair. How arrogant and oh, it, it pains my heart and it troubles me to think that God's people in the day we live, I'm talking about saved people, I'm talking about people who would believe that book. They neglect the altar of God in their daily life. They neglect the altar of God in our churches. We neglect the altar of God in, in, in our soul winning and reaching the world. And how arrogant of us to approach an almighty God and say, overlook the altar that is important to you. Overlook the altar that I've let get in disrepair because of my own neglect and because of my own lack of concern and just overlook the fact that I don't care enough to keep it the way it should be and send us fire down from heaven. How arrogant of God's people. 
And today, if our altar is in disrepair, it ought to grieve us that we've allowed it to get that way. But it ought to motivate us to start with stone number one and put it back where we know it should be. Stone number two, put it where it should be. And oh, I was reading my Bible today, and the Holy Spirit, I don't want to give that up. Well, do you want to repair the altar or not? Do you want to hear the fire come from heaven or not? I want to repair that altar. Well, Pastor, I know, I, I, know, I know it's what the Bible says. I know what you're saying, but can I do it my way? No, if you're going to repair that altar, it's got to be done in a spiritual manner. It's got to be done in a spiritual way. Elijah. I mean, this is, such a, this is such a powerful truth. Took the time to not rush ahead to the God that he knew had the ability. But he took the time to take that which had been neglected. And give it the attention that it needed. So that the stage was set for the fire to fall. Friend, you cannot get past the details that we must give attention to in our own life so that we can hear from heaven in the way that we want to hear from heaven. Father, use this message.